Welcome to this week's online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony and we want to welcome you. Actually, I guess we want to thank you for welcoming us into your home. We love spending time with you online. We love the opportunity to worship together. Um, we want to dive into God's Word today. So if you have your Bible, why don't you secure it? You can turn with us to the book of Genesis. We're just going to start at the very beginning today. And you can also secure your YouVersion Bible app. Hit the menu button, go to live events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are going to be right there for you. As we get ready to dive in today, why don't you grab your phone, send a text to someone that you love and care about, invite them to join you for this online worship experience today. Let's dive into God's Word together. As we start today, I want us to go to the very beginning of the book. I'm talking like Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm just going to start there. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God, finish the next statement with me, said, let there be light. Think about that. The earth was formless, it was empty, Darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God spoke. God spoke. Michelle Couchette writes this. Words piercing the darkness with light. Words providing a harbor of land in the middle of the seas. Words throwing lights up into the sky and vegetation on the ground. It is that simple. God spoke. And when God spoke, darkness rolled back. Light came and with it, life. It's that simple. God spoke and life began. My life began, your life began, and it is a demonstration of how powerful our words can really be. What are the most beautiful words that you have ever heard? I want to know. Think about that. What are the most beautiful words that you have ever heard? In fact, why don't you just speak them out right now? Tell your quarantine buddies. What are the most beautiful words that you have ever heard. I'll tell you the most beautiful words that I have ever heard. I'm going to take you all the way back to the late 90s. I was uh, spending some time with this beautiful girl from Kinston, North Carolina, with this long, beautiful blonde hair and this incredible southern accent. And we were becoming closer friends. Well, I had made a decision that I wasn't going to date anybody in the church that I was attending. I was a youth pastor. I was single. I didn't want that to be weird. And so even as we would spend time together and I would fight those feelings and emotions that I had, um, I would always use this statement. I would say, Marianne, don't get your hopes up. Like, we're just friends. This isn't anything more than just friends. And I would say that all the time. And I think I was trying to convince myself more than I was trying to convince her that we were just friends friends and then I'll never forget the moment 
there was a little mist in the air and we had this moment where our eyes kind of locked and I in that moment of emotion said don't forget we're just friends here and then music began to play in the background or at least I heard it in my head and in this dramatic moment Marianne slung her hair around and she said, it's too late. I'm already in love with you. It was as dramatic as I just made it sound. I kid you not, in that moment, I was done. We were no longer just friends. I was absolutely head over heels in love with this beautiful girl, Marianne Ham who became my wife. Those were the most beautiful words I think I'd ever heard. I'm already in love with you. Maybe someone told you they loved you. Maybe someone told you, hey, you got the job. That was the most beautiful words you ever heard. Maybe you heard the words, it's a boy, it's a girl. Those are some beautiful words. In fact, I believe this, words are the foundation for relationships to begin. Words are the foundations of great relationships. And just as words give us life, I believe words can also steal life. We just talked about some great words that we've heard, but what about words that you heard that forever changed the course of your life in a negative way? I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm leaving you. You have cancer. See, those words have power too, don't they? In fact, Satan's first tactic against us were words. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, right? Words. He asked the woman, and this is what he asked. Did God really say, what did he do? He stirred up doubts in Adam and Eve's heart about the words that God had spoken to them. In Genesis 3 verses 4 and 5, the serpent says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. What did he do? He stirred up doubts about the words that God had spoken. His first tactic was with words. And the moment that Adam and Eve made this decision to eat this forbidden fruit, they made a decision from a place of doubt and their eyes were opened and they experienced a darkness they would never be able to shake. Now, I think it's strange that every morning when we wake up in the morning, what do we do? We open our eyes. And when we open our eyes, normally what fills our eyes is light. But in this particular instance, when Adam and Eve's eyes were open, instead they were filled with darkness. Adam and Eve experienced an immediate separation from God's presence because of the choices that they made in their life. And sometimes in our life, when we're disobedient to God and we make choices, we too put separation between us and God's presence. Now, I think there are a lot of things that 
will hinder you from being in the presence of God or staying in the presence of God. But I'm not sure that there's anything that will keep you from the presence of God like distrust. Do you trust God? Because if you don't trust God, if the enemy comes into your life and stirs up doubts about God's words in your life and in your heart, it's going to keep you from the presence of God. If you've been around North Park very long, you've heard me say this. You can trust him because he's a God who can always be trusted. Now, I'm not exactly sure where I got that from. I don't know who spoke that over my life for the first time or why that kind of stuck in my head, but it's become a core value statement in my own life because God has demonstrated to me and to my wife and to our kids, to our family, to our church, our friends over and over that He is a God who can be trusted. Just as we talked about last week, You're not alone in your struggle. God is right there in the middle of it. And no matter how isolated or lonely you feel, you are not alone because Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, but I will be with you to the very ends of the earth. And I'm just here to tell you today that over and over and over and over in my life, God has demonstrated not only his promises to me, but his presence to me in the moment of the greatest difficult situations of my life the good the bad the ugly he's right there in the middle of it all and he has never let me down he has never forsaken me and he has demonstrated that he is good he loves me and that he is a God who can always be trusted Adam and Eve literally lived in the presence of God God has demonstrated his trust, worthiness in my life as I've been in the presence of God. But Adam and Eve, think about it. The presence of God, the Garden of Eden where they spent time with God, they walked and talked with him. Their physical address was the presence of God. Think about that. If somebody wanted to know where they lived, they could just write. The presence of God is where we live. If, if, if they ordered a package off of Amazon, the shipping label literally would have said the presence of God. How amazing is that? They had no idea what these words mean. You do, I do, because we live in some of these words. But these words were not in their vocabulary. Loneliness, isolation, hunger, pain, neglect, abuse, abandonment. Adam and Eve had no context for those words. Those words are not even in their vocabulary. Why? Because they lived in the physical presence of God. God's presence filled the space around them. But then this serpent, this snake, enticed them with the thought of something they did not have. Now, we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that because it's obvious that Adam and Eve had it all. But the reality is, don't we? And yet the enemy tries to get in our mind just like he does Adam and Eve and tries to entice us with that which we do not have, even though we have so much in our life. And rather than savor what they already had, God himself, they longed for what they lacked, which was to be like God. 
This week in, in our life group, which has been so life-giving to Marion and I uh, through this experience, and I just really encourage you, as I do so often, if you've not joined a life group, get active in one because these are people who have been our lifeline through some difficult times of this season. And a friend of mine in this life group, J.D., uh, J.D.'s great for comic relief. Man, he's always got something to, to say that, that just kind of lightens the moment and makes us all laugh. Uh, man, J.D. preached a powerful sermon this past week with one thought. And here, here's what he said. J.D. said, when you want to throw yourself a pity party, when you want to throw yourself a pity party, and don't we all do that? Like, we're really good at throwing the pity party, right? Party for one, pity party. He said, when you want to throw yourself a pity party, stop and just begin to focus on how much you have been blessed and how much you have to be thankful for. So right now, when doubt begins to creep into your mind about what you do not have or the prayers that have not been answered, maybe it's time to stop and focus on how much God has done in our life, how blessed we have really been, how blessed we truly are, and then be thankful for those things. Now, my friend J.D., his words sounded a lot like the Apostle Paul from Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I actually think J.D. ripped Paul off. And here's what Paul said. Paul says, always be joyful. In fact, one translation says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. So be joyful. Never stop praying. And here it is. And be thankful. In all circumstances, not just Paul says, not just when things are going bad or just when things are going good, but be thankful even when things are bad. And if anybody could say that, it was Paul. Like Paul had been beaten, he'd been put in prison, he was shipwrecked, his life had been completely just like ravished as he followed Jesus. I mean, he didn't just have good times. I'm sure he had some good times, but he had some bad times too. And so Paul like knew what he was talking about. He wasn't this person who always had it together and, and everything always went right. And so he was just joyful because things are great all the time. No, Paul went through some stuff. And even going through some stuff, his advice to us is, hey, be joyful, like be thankful. Don't ever stop praying. So what's the first step? If we really want to stay in the presence of God, always be joyful and always be thankful. Psalm 30 verses 11 and 12 says this. I love this verse of scripture. I just want to hold on because this, ver this verse makes me want to move. Okay, It says, you have turned my morning into joyful dancing. I love that. Like pain endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And the psalmist said, this mourning, this grieving, this, this pain that I'm enduring. I mean, that's what mourning is. Mourning is not just like ignoring my problem or trying to like rise above. Like mourning is recognizing the grief that I'm in and dealing with that. That's a part of the mourning or the grieving process. But the psalmist said, you've taken my mourning, my grieving, and you've turned it into a joyful dance, right? God does that for us. Refreshment in his presence. And you have taken away my clothes of mourning. I like this. And you've given me clothes of joy. I love that. I'm taking off these garments of mourning, these garments of grief, and I'm going to put on garments of joy that I might sing praises to you and I love this part and not be silent I'm not going to be silent oh Lord my God I will give you thanks 
forever. And so we've got JD, my friend, we've got the Apostle Paul, and we've got the psalmist who are all saying, be joyful, be thankful. And when you do that, he's going to turn your grief, he's going to turn your mourning into dancing, and you can take off these clothes of mourning and grief, and you can put on this cloth, this clothes, this, this garment, this outfit that's joyful. What a beautiful thing. Pastor, you're getting really excited because that's exciting stuff. This past week, um, we've been in the fight, right? So, so Marianne's going through treatment, radiation, and, and, and about to start a, a new chemo regimen. And, and we've had this incredible doctor that if you attend our church, you've heard me talk about Dr. Kim over and over and over in the last year. Uh, she's just been a gift, a breath of fresh air to us. Uh, she's a follower of Jesus who believes in the power of prayer and practices the presence of God. And, and Marianne was, was needing a specific treatment on a Saturday. And they don't do treatment there on Saturday, but this entire team, because they're so amazing, all gave up their Saturday morning to come in to make sure that Marianne could stay on her treatment schedule, which was beautiful. Dr. Kim didn't even need to be there. They would take care of that for her, but she chose to be there. And she didn't come alone. Dr. Kim brought her mom. And her mom is a prayer warrior. Oh, my goodness. And so these two women, our, our radiation oncologist and her mom, gathered around with me and my wife and, and her parents. And we gathered in a conference room on a Saturday morning. And I experienced the undeniable presence of God in a way that I haven't in a really long time. And all I can say was it was beautiful. Like we didn't have a pity party. We didn't sit around talking about how bad our situation is. But instead, we decided that we were going to be joyful and that we were going to be thankful and that we were going to do what the next part of this verse says, pray without ceasing. And we are constantly praying, all of us, you pray, I pray. We, what do we pray for? We pray for our situations to change. You're praying for your situation to change. You're praying for your job situation to change. Maybe you're, for your physical situation to change. Your relational situation. We want our situation to change as a result of our prayer. And I believe that prayer does change things. Sometimes the situation changes. Sometimes you change. Sometimes I change. Sometimes our perspective changes. I know as I was in this um, this, this prayer time, this prayer meeting with, with, with these people that I love and I care about, as I'm in the presence of God, as we worship together, we sang songs together, we prayed, it was just this beautiful time together. Here's what I, here's what I will testify. And you can't refute my testimony, right? Because it's my story. I am an eyewitness to what God is doing in my life. It's my testimony. Here's my testimony. I walked out of that room differently than the way that I walked into it. Why? Because when you were in the presence of God, you can't stay the same that you were. Something's going to change. And yes, it may be your situation, but right now in the season, it just may be your perspective. It may be your heart. It may be the way that you look at the world. It may be the way that you look at your life. Stay in the presence of God where life change truly happens. And I can tell you there's refreshment in the presence of God. I can tell you because I experienced it. So as we're in the presence of God, let's pray without ceasing. Uh, Psalm 30, that same chapter that we were just in, morning into dancing verse. Um, just roll back a few verses into verse 2. This is what the psalmist said. Oh Lord my God, I cried to you for help. 
and you restored my health. What do you need God to restore? Pray without ceasing. Cry out to him and he will restore what it is that needs restoration in your life. Now, we began this talk today with the power of our words, the power of God's words, the power of God's word, right? There's power in words. If we believe that, then we need to understand how powerful and how important the words are that we pray to our Heavenly Father. I came across this beautiful writing this week um, from a friend that was actually in crisis and he posted it. And when he posted it, it just, it just grabbed my heart. And I thought, I want to share that with our church family. So I, I share these words with you today from a friend of mine. And, and I speak these words over your life as we close today. It's called Ask Him Again by Tara Elness. And this is what it says. I know, I know you've already asked him a million times but today ask him a million and one yep ask him again ask him again for that child to come home ask him again for that marriage to be healed ask him again for the mountain to move ask him again for that friendship to mend that work to begin that end of tunnel light to appear Ask him again for the one who needs rescue to the one who needs healing to the one who needs new direction and new guidance, new focus. Yes, ask him again for what you need, for what you want, for joy in the sorrow and help in the struggle. A sip of living water in the heat of your battle. Ask him again for all that seems lost and all that seems nowhere even near possible and ask him again, believing that he can. Yep, ask him again. Not because you don't think he heard you for the first million times, but because you are realizing the longer you live that persistence is a pretty strong faith builder. Not to mention how close it keeps you to him for whom all things are possible and nothing is too hard. Whew. Yes, absolutely. Ask him again with fresh eyes and a renewed spirit and a passionate resolve that can. And if it's his will, that he will. And if it's not, you keep on asking. You keep on seeking. You keep on believing because persistent faith is where it's at. It fastens its gaze on hope. So today, bow low, look up, and ask Him again. Let's pray. Father, we truly today want to take the words of my friend J.D. and, and, and the words of the Apostle Paul and even the psalmist today, Lord, we want to truly be joyful. We want to be thankful and we want to pray without ceasing because we realize that you are a God who can be trusted in the words that we speak that develop relationship with you and that keep us in your presence. God, those words have power. And so, Lord, we speak words of faith. 
And we speak words of healing and restoration and salvation over our relationships. God, we speak healing over health. God, we speak salvation. Lord, we want to see souls saved. We want to see lives changed. And Lord, I pray if there's someone in the privacy of their devotion that hasn't yet said yes to you, that right where they are, that they would say, Lord Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me and set me free and give me strength to live my life for you. So that ultimately one day as we stand before you, we will hear the most beautiful words of all. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You matter to God and you matter to us. And we are so thankful that you're on this journey with us. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first experience, why don't you head over to northparkrdu.com and hit that digital connect card. Give us an opportunity to connect with you, learn more about you. And also if you have a prayer request, you can hit the prayer request button and we would love to pray with you about anything going on in your life. We believe that bold prayer honors God and God honors bold prayer. And so we would love the opportunity to join with you and pray for you, your family, or any other requests that you have. Also, we want to thank you for your continued generosity. Today, if you would like to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus at northparkrdu.com, just hit the online giving button. We want to thank you so much for the way you've continued to be generous to build lifelong followers of Jesus. We love you, we are thankful for you, and we can't wait to see you for our first in-person gathering at Riverbend Middle School, an outdoor gathering on Sunday, September the 13th. It's going to be a great day. And for more information about that and all of our in-person gatherings coming up very soon, why don't you head over to northparkrdu.com where you can stay connected to all of the updates that we have about our in-person gatherings moving forward. We can't wait to spend time with your family.